Okay, so I'm back. This is part two of the kind, the godly man. Yeah, the qualities of a godly man, the kind, the godly man that God has for you. And yeah, we're talking about um, the fact that <laughs> an unmarried man is meant to spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please Him. For so long, I didn't even realize that this this chapter, I didn't realize that Paul also addressed men. It's called in this particular chapter because it's always been about the women. Like, oh, a single man is supposed to serve the Lord without distraction. I've always known that as a as a child, you know. But when I'm, I started studying this and I saw that Paul also talked about the men and talked about the fact that a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. That his interests are divided in the same way. A woman who, who is not married is also also supposed to be devoted to God. So he actually talked to the men before he spoke to the women. And I don't know why over time, before now, um, it has not been emphasized for men that their priority as single men isn't to focus on hustling, making money, not coming to church, traveling for business, not being committed, not being planted, not being accountable, not being disciplined, not being spiritually fervent. You know, it's never really been advised or or been impressed or overemphasized for for men. But for women, it's always been a thing. Even the culture trains women and pours all form of learnings as an education, preparing for marriage, preparing for the future on the women than on men. But primarily, you can see here, a man is supposed to ensure that he spends his time doing the work of God. A man isn't supposed to be spending his time and his money trying to woo women. A man isn't supposed to be spending his time and his money to trying to be to be dating different women before he will now realize that, oh, this is the one I want to marry. A man is not, a, a single man is not supposed to be spending his time um, um, living with his, with his girlfriend or, or, or being in a relationship as though he's married. So I see how men posture themselves in relationship and act as though they are married. Some of them even want their girlfriends to come around to cook for them, to wash their clothes for them, you know, to worship them and all of that as though they are married. But God is saying no. Like that is not the order. He's supposed to be focused on God. What is your will for me? How am I supposed to be posturing? How the everything you are doing as a woman right now? In fact, the man, the man is supposed to do like double the double the spiritual exercise and spiritual preparation because it's the head. It is not easy to head something. Let them put you in charge of a team, your team at work. Let them put you as the head of something of a community in, um, committee in church. You will see that it is not even easy to lead. But so when God is saying somebody is the head, there's a way to prepare. He has to be prepared. He has to be a man of fire, a man of valor, a man who, who, who feasts so fat on the word of God, a man who knows his identity, and a man who knows who Christ is because his role model is actually supposed to be Christ. So even before having a spiritual father, he's supposed to know who Christ is. He's supposed to to, 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 to have studied the Gospels back to back to back, gotten divine revelation of how Jesus walked on earth, of the kind of person Jesus was before he died. And even after he died, the position that he's holding as Christ, as Savior, as Messiah, because that is how he is he's meant to posture himself with his wife. But if all he's doing, if all he's consumed about is making money, 
burning with lust, having erection, masturbating, wanting to have sex with you, hanging with boys, um, um, you know, it's it's all subtle. All those things have ripple effect. And what I was saying is that you know how people are like, what is it with this marriage thing? Is it not God that gave us this passion? If God did not want us to 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 born with this kind of passion, why did He give us? It's not easy to hold body. Aveg, aveg, it's not easy. I'm just a person, but you know, be rude. Blah 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 blah. This all the statements and this way of thinking is a conditioning that we have gotten outside the word of God, and it is because of the things we are always focused our mind on. First of all, when we give our life to christ that human nature that desires sex that desires food that desires to please itself has been taken away we now have the nature of christ and the nature of christ is sacrificial the nature of christ is obedience the nature of christ is surrender to god the nature of christ is is knowing is knowing who the father is and wanting to do whatever the father is calling him to do we actually meant to posture ourselves like christ we're not supposed to be consumed with wanting to have sex or with having sex. We're not supposed to be consumed with satisfying our body. That is not why we're here. So a man is not supposed to be in that space where he's always putting you under pressure, making you feel like, oh, if you don't give me what I want, you know I'm too good for you. If you don't give me what I want, there are millions of girls out there who are, who are at my back and call. Let him go. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Let him go. Elevate. Anytime you're in a relationship with a girl or friendship with a girl and you feel small, you see that you're just struggling in the flesh to please him. Everything you're doing is in the flesh. You just want to prove to him that, ah, baby boy, baby boy, I just love you. You are in a wrong place. You are in a wrong place. He is meant to love you even before marriage. He is meant to love you as Christ loves the church. He should be able to die for you. He should be able to sacrifice his affection because he wants to be God. He must be, he must have models in the scripture that is pattering his life after. There is Father Abraham, there is Joseph, there is David. There are men who walked with the Lord in the scripture. They also had passion. They were not castrated. They were not Enox. See, until we take ourselves so seriously and know that we deserve a man that will love us like Christ loves the church, we're not ready. And this uh, this week, I'm going like hard on it. We've been doing Jelenke before now. As in, if you find yourself in a relationship where you're trying to prove, you're trying to beg for love, you're doing everything because you feel that, ha, if I don't, if I, if I let this one go now, hey, hey, I'm just going to be married for life. No, let him go. He that would, he that would walk with Christ must first die. He must first die to self. He that will enjoy anything that God has for him must be dead to self and natural affection. You must realize that you carry the nature of God. So if a man can can be comfortable in sinning against God and disobeying God's word, when you guys are single, what do you think will happen when you're married? How do you think he will hear God when you are married with all the challenges in this world? Do you think he will actually hear God? If the written, the written word, the written word in the Bible is not observing it, so you are now maybe things are not happening and you, you are having discernment that you guys should make a decision in a particular way and your husband is seen another way you know if if he has been practicing working with god you can just bypass him and say there's no need for me to be arguing with you just go and tell god god 
I sense that you want us to do this thing this way. But my husband is not listening to me, but since he's your son and he listens to you, please, can you speak to him that we should do things like this? And a few minutes later, the guy comes and says, babe, I think you're right. I actually think you're right. Because he's a son of God. God can speak to him and he can hear his father speak to him. He's not, he's not a stranger to God. God is not a stranger to him. But if written word is saying, keep the bed undefiled, um, your body belongs to God, no premarital sex. If you are born with sex, just marry. But you know, there's also self-control. You're not ruled by emotions. You're not ruled by your body. Your penis does not control you. If a man cannot obey those simple instructions, how do you expect that when he gets to the nitty-gritty of trying to make a discernment, trying to discern the word of God, you're able to do it. The Bible says, by the reason of use, we are able to discern between good and bad. The reason why a man who is a priest, a prophet, and a, and, and a pastor of his home can discern that, don't let us take this trip. Don't let us make this decision. Don't let us use this hospital. Let us do things like this. Don't let us invest into this. If he's too greedy for money, he will not hear God. If he's too greedy for gain, he will not hear God. If his emotions and his hormones always controls him, he will not hear God. If he can have sex with you before marriage and his hormones keep controlling him. The days in marriage, when you can't have sex with him, when you guys cannot have sex, maybe because of pregnancy, because of health issues, he will go out and satisfy himself or he will enter the toilet and masturbate. So there are ripple effects of disobedience. It is not just that small thing he's doing so maybe a guy is talking to you he's with you and you know he's always lying on the phone maybe he's in he's in he's, he's with you in magodo he's saying that he's in vi or um he's saying oh, i'll be with you in 10 minutes and you know that he doesn't have plans to leave you in one heart those are tiny tiny things because he just shows he's not a man of his word if he can lie to other people he can lie to you if the circumstances in which you guys entered relationship is dramatic it does not reflect god's character does not reflect integrity does not in, reflect the will of god it is those things are tiny tiny seeds that point to the fact that this is not the godly man for you i pray that the holy spirit will expand your peculiar circumstance to you and when you're in a relationship or before you enter a relationship your eyes of understanding will be enlightened you'll be very discerning because you now know who you are you're working your divine identity you are aware of who you are you're not going to allow a man to bamboozle you so perhaps you've been in a relationship before now and men just treat you like all sorts of trash no more you're snapping out of that identity and you're coming into who you are you are not going to settle for less just because you want to bear the title missus god has great plans for you and those plans will come to pass i decree for you to, i decree over your life that you will receive the grace to wait you receive a discerning heart to, to to be able to pick the kind of man the men who are around you are the kind of arts that they have the kind of intention god will show you like in a trance like in a vision a flash just a tiny part of your future if you end up with that kind of person. And you'll be able to discern that this is not the kind of future that God is showing me about myself. I have a friend, you know, so I have two friends, the two of them. Um, okay, so I have this friend of mine. She was, um, we in school together. There was, a, there was one, I, I spent one year in one school before I finally went to UI one year in Babcock before I went to UI. So she was my very close friend, like my best thing in Babcock then. So by the time I was entering 300 level in UI, she was done with school, she had served. Or she was seven. And when she was seven then, she met this guy. 
and then a couple of months they were already planning wedding so she came to my room in in, in the hostel then and she was just like all over the place yeah haha medicine have this have that and i had not met the guy i was going to meet him that day but you know so she came to see me and i was going to come and pick her and i had not met him so she was talking then i was still growing i was i was still growing in faith and hope and as she was talking ah, i was uncomfortable so i wasn't able to judge whether whether um this um, this discomfort is because oh i'm feeling like ah, that's if I can get my I'm still in school. I still had like three years to go in school, two years in school, and one year in law school, and like anyway, I see like this is I wasn't really like I wanted to get married, but I, I just needed to be sure my emotions why I was feeling uncomfortable. So I was just trying to say, um babes, you know what I think you should slow down. Like I don't think there's hurry about this, you know. Your plans before was really like once you're done with school, you're going to go do your masters and your PhD before you come back to say so why don't you think that you shouldn't rush this process and just go to school and prove and prove this and prove this whether this is gonna work by the time you come back for masters and all of that. But I was trying to really get get her to into that space of seeing what I was saying, how she shouldn't rush it, how they shouldn't get married here and all. But she was just like, babes, ah, no. I was like, okay, have you prayed about it? She was like, yes, now. Okay, but you know, then now I was... The, the, the kind of person I was with her when we went back up was different from the way I was at that time when we talking. There was, there was already a lot of spiritual growth on my part. It wasn't like she wasn't growing, but on my own part, I'd, I'd started relating with deeper you know, revelations and all of that. So she didn't get the space I was coming from. She was just wondering, what's, what's all these questions? Because way back then, oh, you like a guy, he likes you, you get You guys click, oh, turn now, like you get, that's a hand. You know, so I was just like, calm down, babe. So when I saw the guy, he was cool and all, but I had this deep restraint, like calm down. But oh, my babe didn't calm down. She went hide and they got married. I wasn't even in the country for your wedding, so I couldn't see who go. But, you know, I was so happy for her, like, oh, bless God. So, like, a year to, into the marriage, by then, I was, um, maybe in law school, or about to enter law school. She calls and, you know, she was just telling me that I wasn't feeling fine, and they would have to travel to South Africa. My parents were in South Africa at that time, so she wanted to, you know, get their contact and maybe stay over there. I really didn't know, I was wondering what kind of sickness is that, but she didn't talk, so I didn't press it, I just left it. You know, but I knew she was in distress. And I was like, oh, gosh, what's this? So another friend of mine, we were all friends, comes later and tells me that, mm, we also, hmm, how is your friend? And um, her husband, how are they doing? I was like, they're fine. Like, it's not feeling fine, but I don't even really know what's up. And she says, oh, like, the guy has cancer. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I'm like, it's bad. I was like, Jesus, like, are you serious? Like, I was really like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, are you serious? So, yeah. And she was like, oh, did you know that he asked me out? I was like, oh, that's true. You guys went to the same school. So, this guy and my friend and my first friend who is married, his wife, they didn't go to the same school. But this, my other friend and this guy went to the same school. I was like, oh, that's true. That I didn't even know you guys really like me. I was like, yeah, he asked me out for like two years. And that now she's beginning to i think we even had this discussion about the guy passed on yeah i think we had the discussion about the guy passed on because he passed on and you know she was like that she can't she's just amazed at how god 
works and that that she knows that obviously i understand that she's not even saying this to spite this our other friend who is now the widow that but she just learning how god really works because at this time both of us were not married so she was sure just like she's not she's just getting it how god works that one of the that she really liked the guy that even her own mom actually really likes the guy you know and she really also liked the guy and she was just praying but the more she prayed about them the more she tried to you know how you daydream about this fine guy that is toasting i just want to say in the future what are we going to look like the way we get married what our children is going to look like oh let me just have a mental picture and that is and that is a powerful thing to do in life like god god you're brooding on the promises of god you're brooding on your desires and you're just having a mental picture like like daydreaming so she was just doing that and she said at every point in time she's trying to look beyond just dating and she's trying to look into marriage into the future she doesn't see anything that you know how the how the tv just go blank like she's, she's always going blank and as she kept pressing but every time that she would have oh beautiful images of now boyfriend girlfriend but once she presses into okay we're getting married and all of that she doesn't see anything and that was when she picked this and she was like god what are you saying and god was like no it's not your husband because like there's no future <sighs> That it was really hard for her to even say no. Because the basis for saying no was not making sense to anybody. It wasn't making sense to anyone. It didn't even make sense to her. But she was just standing there. And it was fine. It was shortly after she said no that this guy made my friend. Because he was ready to marry. It was in that space where he was ready to marry. Even my friend, that my first friend wasn't ready to marry then. But he really just wanted to be with her and all of that. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. No, it really just dawned on me why I was sensing that thing. But why I said this story was to say this, that it's important for you to pay attention to what God is showing you when you're praying about someone. Don't be too don't be too emotionally carried away that you're not paying attention god is not wicked perhaps you have had plenty stories even me i've shared with you about marriages were destroyed about things about things didn't work out it's because the people in it the parties were not sensitive by the reason of use you are able to discern between good and bad and those senses get trained early you have to train those senses early you must be able to train those senses now not in, not in marriage that you're now be trying to train your senses to be picking spiritual insights when you're married and that is the reason why there are so many women in church praying more than half of the women you see in a church service they are praying for their husband to change a prayer that could have been prayed as a single person and understanding a revelation that they could have gotten as a single person and wouldn't have settled for less see whenever you're settling for lesser than god's will for you you know you only fight it by being stubborn by lying to yourself and trying to prove to yourself that you're doing what is right you will know we all have the measure of the holy spirit in us in fact we don't have a measure we have the fullness of the holy spirit in us and the more you allow him the more you have that routine of worship the more you study the word the more the river the river the capacity of the holy spirit in you begins to explode begins to implode begins to grow stronger and your senses will become sharper and you're able to discern between no you just have that feeling everyone 
everyone in fact later on I, I really couldn't talk to my friend about it like how did you end up being this but i'm sure she did not i'm sure she she got the notches but she, her spiritual senses were not strong enough it was a bad one for her like it's it her really bad it treated her really bad god had to use all his all his arsenal you know the relationship the deeper relationship she was supposed to have with god before getting married she had to have it you know, when he was sick and she had to have a stronger relationship with god even when he come when he passed on and you know and she was a widow for like um more than five years oh my sin almost seven years she got married she got married last year and it was last year two years ago and it was so beautiful like my heart was overwhelmed with joy for her like god restored her joy god restored her heart but it was a painful journey and i'm sure we've not really we didn't really get to talk because she she, she just grew apart from everyone she grew far she she's a British, yeah, so she traveled most of the time and she wasn't really in the country and all of that. But I just said all of that to say that um, being in a relationship is not time for singleness, it's not the time to be testing. Is your penis working or your penis is not working? I have to test whether his penis is working so that I'm not marry an impotent person. You cannot marry an impotent person when you have the spirit of God in you. Excuse me, stop testing what is not supposed to be tested. I think I'll stop on that one. I've talked too much on it. And it's because it's a burden in my heart. Like, God, help us to know. Help us to know. I remember, that this is the last story I will say before I go to the last point on this. Please. I remember when I was dating my husband. And <laughs> I was going to Lagos to do something. And we're students in school. And I was going to Lagos to do something. And he insisted that he wanted to follow me. And I was like, me, I'm more rugged. My husband is kind of like buttish. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm more, more rugged, even though I look buttish, I'm very rugged. Like, as I then bikes just came in, came into transportation. Like, I mean, I take bikes anywhere, or I can take a bike for like an hour, as in, like, I usually can take a bike, I usually can handle Lagos, whatever, whatever. He said yes, and I was like, okay. And I also knew that uh, at home, they wouldn't like, he was living in Badan when he invested in Badan. I was like, okay, so. I was just like, okay, I didn't even ask about home. I was like, okay, let's go. But I didn't have it. I, I didn't feel good about it. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I said yes. On our way, his mom calls. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was the one that made her call. Yeah. And she asked him where he was. And he lied. I said he was in school. And he was in school. And she was like, okay, that her heart was just really strong towards him. And she, she just felt to pray with him. And she prayed, basically prayed prayer of protection. <laughs> As in, after, after that, I was like, I have a bad feeling about this. Like, if it was my mom that called, I would get down. Because I know my mom, she picks things. She's a seer. <laughs> like, I would get down, you get. But he still insisted he wanted to follow me. So, long story short, he, we took a bike, that same bike. And it didn't sit well, so it was like wanted us to sit on the same bike. Now, like, see, Lagos bikes are small. Sit on your bike. Me, I'll sit on my bike. Apparently, he was scared, so he felt like I oh, needed support. Let him sit with me on the bike. Anyway, Sha, his leg got caught up in the spokes of the tire, and it was really bad. Like, his flesh was shredded at the ankle. A very sensitive part. But carrying to one hospital, this stitches. In short, his parents got to know. And when we came back to Bado, I went straight to the hospital where his mom was working as, as a as a teaching nurse at that time. His uncle came to see us at the hospital. His, his dad didn't see anything. His mom didn't see anything. They were just looking at us. His father was like, "Now we are now a man." <laughs> That's what his father told him. But they didn't even scold. They didn't even you know, shout. We just started going out. We just started dating. They you know like I don't. 
yeah i think they knew me at home but we just started dating so his uncle came <laughs> she's like he's like a father figure and he looked at me and he said young lady i can't forget this happened maybe like 13 to 14 years ago <laughs> he said young lady don't you think this is a a wrong pattern to build in a relationship if you guys marry so he lied to his mom in front of you and you were comfortable with it he said something to his mom in front of you and you were there you were comfortable with it don't you think that you have enabled him to lie to you so when you guys guys when you guys get married how do you know he's telling you the truth part time when if he can lie to his mother why do you think he cannot lie to you ah my sisters that didn't choke me he pained me because it was something i knew i didn't need any uncle to come and rub it on my face till tomorrow i'm not really very close to that uncle <laughs> because i'm like excuse me sir your mouth sha you know but he said it he came he came out point blank like that like i cried in fact mommy and daddy had to pet me like ah, ah it's not that deep i'm like it's deep daddy don't even just go there I cried. It pained me because I understood what he was saying. I got what he was saying. My mom had told me that severally, you know. So, I'm, I, so, so whatever in your circumstance, just cascade this down to every area of your life. Whether you're in a friendship with your girlfriend, with anybody you're in a relationship with, and and they are constantly not living the truth of God's word, and you are still with them, you're enabling them to hurt you. You are enabling them to hurt you. It's wrong. So the last part of this teaching of the kind of man that God wants us to marry, the godly man, is in Ephesians chapter chapter five. So I'm going to read verse from from, from verse twenty one. And further, submit to one another out of reference for Christ. Wives and husbands are supposed to submit to one another. I know you have heard where they will say women submit to your husband, women submit to your husband. Your husband is also supposed to submit to you. So if the caliber of man that is with around you does not even look like someone that would even listen to your counsel, does not do you understand? Husband and wives, and, and that's why I said initially, husband and wives are equal. See, I know you have experienced and seen so many things that this might be might be looking strange, but you can see it's in the Bible. Ephesians 5.21 and further, submit one to another. Submit one to another out of reference for Christ. Submission to one another is not because um, is he, is he, is he, is he a, can you be submitting to your wife? Can you be telling your wife everything? Are you not a man? Are you not supposed to man up? Are you not, it is in reference for Christ. 22 says for wives this means you submit your husband you submit your husband as unto the lord so when he says submit to one another it's reference for christ for wives it has a meaning for husband it has a meaning so for the wives is saying submit to one another which is a reference for christ what it means in the context for wives is that you have to submit to your husband as you submit to the lord and that is the reason why whoever you get married to, whether it's a spiritual person or is not a spiritual person, is your head and you must obey him. So that's the reason why it's important to marry someone whose head is Christ. But if his head is the devil and his head is not Christ, you are going to submit to whatever he submits to because it is written to women to submit to their husbands as though they are submitting to God. Can you see? You can't afford to marry someone whose aid is not correct. 
in the sense that his head is not aligned. His head is not under Christ. His head is not aligned with Christ. His head is under Christ. And if somebody's head is away from Christ, that person is under the devil. There is no middle way. He means his father is the devil. You know the Bible talked about some people whose the father is their devil. Whose father is the devil. Like, yeah, that's it. So if a man does not have the trait of Christ being his head, he's not submissive to the Lord, he's not really does not reference God, he does not acknowledge God, he does not obey God's word, he does not obey the written scripture, he does not, he does not, he does not carry himself, he does not have the lifestyle of someone who has the Holy Spirit. That man is a wrong kind of man to be submitted to. Verse 23 says, For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. So that is that is the, that is the instruction for the wife. And that is why it is important to marry a man whose head is Christ. You are supposed to submit to you. So your own way of submitting to one another and referencing Christ is that you submit to your husband. So let's go on to verse 25. It says, for husbands, so for husband, what it means for a husband to submit to his wife out of reference for Christ is that he should love his wife just as Christ loved the church. So the instruction that God gave husband is love for their wife. The same way Christ loves the church, the husband are to love their wife. That's it. That's the role of a husband. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed her by the cleansing of God's word. That's Christ. That is what Christ did for us. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle and other blemish. Instead, she'll be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. So if a man doesn't love his wife, it means he does not love himself. And a man cannot love his wife except he loves God. God is love. A man can like you, can be fascinated to you, can be attracted to you, can be nice to you. But if he does not love Christ, if he doesn't understand who Christ is, he cannot love you. Because God is love. There is no other love apart from the love that is from God. Agape is eternal. Eros, eros, another type of love which is eros, which is not eternal, which is not God's kind of love, is fleety. It can pass with time. So if a man does not love Christ, first of all, he cannot love himself. And if a man doesn't love himself, he cannot love you. He cannot understand. He will never understand that himself and his wife have now become one. So if a man is not loving his wife, if he's not supporting his wife, if he's not taking care of his wife and his family, it just simply means that the man does not know who he is. He doesn't love himself. He doesn't love God. And he says, no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. So as the scripture says, they they are now referencing to Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, which I read. He said, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as one. This is a great mystery. It's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must be submitted to her husband. Shikena. 
Anything outside of this is an aberration. Anything outside of this is, is, is a wrong model. So, the litmus test for the, the final, final litmus test to know if this man is a godly man and the man that God has for you is, does he love Jesus? Does he love himself? The quality of the way he treats you reflects the way he loves himself. If he doesn't treat you well, if he doesn't treat the people around him well, if he doesn't love himself, it will reflect the way we behave as a result of who we are in our mind, who we believe we are. So if he treats other women like trash on the road and he tries to treat you well, it is only deception. He cannot sustain it for a lifetime. If a man does not have Christ, he cannot love his wife eternally. I know you will say, well, how about home believers who love their wives? They are just walking out of sheer discipline. So a man can actually be disciplined and say, I'm a moralist. I am grown. I am I've determined to have just one wife. It is okay. But we have a better advantage in Christ Jesus. We are not moralists are humanists. They are just all about themselves. There is a day when that woman will misbehave and will not love them and will not respect them and will not do what they want and they will throw her out. So something about God's love is that, you know the way Christ loved us, even Christ died for us, even while we're yet in sin. That is the way a husband is supposed to love his wife. So even when she doesn't behave well, even when she messes up, even when, even, even if she commits adultery, he can love her still. Because he's loving us, Christ loves the church. How many men can say that if they hear that their wives fell into adultery, they can still love her? That is a litmus test. Or they can say, Oh, can a man love? Can you can you marry someone who has a child out of wedlock? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different kind of love for a man to love a woman who has already had a child before, who has married before. See this thing is deep and i pray i'm just i'm just tearing something in your heart so that you can go back to god and say god open my eyes to see so when you are when a guy is asking you out and you guys are being friends you are sensitive in the spirit to know what to ask him to know what questions to know how you're you are telling god god reveal this guy to me in this area in this aspect reveal him to me in this aspect reveal him to me cost me to know his art cost me to know his intention let him let him show himself <laughs> let him display let me see the kind of person he is juicy and i just pray that the holy spirit will teach you will guide you will keep you and i am assured that because we're doing this together there is <laughs> yeah, this is beautiful and your eyes will be open you will not be led and miss you will not be led at this. As you're, as you're listening to the Holy Spirit, we expand this. I want you to take time to pray in the Holy Ghost when you're done. And the, the other assignments you're going to do is that you're going to write after you listen to what your time by becomes, and you listen to this particular one, but particular God name, I want you to write out your time. The kind of man that you are you are perceiving and discerning that God wants you to marry. That kind of man. I want you to write it out. What's your type? What's your type? What is the not 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 what's your type? What is God's the features of a godly man that God has for you? The features of a godly man, the characteristics of a godly man that God has for you. How is your posture? And this, you are, you are saying this from the fact, from your experiences. So if you have always had the experience where the people you, the people you date or the people in your life treat you somehow, 
they are too overprotective. They don't trust you. You are declaring that, no, my husband trusts me. Why? Because I have elevated in my heart. I have elevated in my life. I know who I am. I am a precious Jew. So my husband would love me as a precious Jew. He would love me. He would, he would be ready to die for me as Christ died for the church so what you so, so you know the first assignment is go and check what what are the functions of christ to the church what has christ done for the church so when you see the characteristics of how christ loves the church how did christ love the church how did christ give himself you begin to now direct that those information to your husband wherever you are you will love me like christ loves the church you will lead me like christ leads the church you will die for me like christ died for the church you will die to self you will die to culture you will die to try you you will see me as a precious Jew that you are, you'll be able to, to go and sell everything you have to, re, to redeem me. You are the kind of man who God will give instruction to and you will hear. You will obey the written word and you will obey the spoken word of God. So when God is saying in his word, this is it, you will do it. And when God is even giving you this, when you are hearing the word of God, leave your father's house, go and start this business, sell this property, sow this money, give this to the poor, set up this, treat your wife this way. You would hear, you begin to speak into his life. I want you to write this in your journal. I to prayerfully, continually pray this. So even when you meet guys and they are treating you somehow again like the way men used to treat you in the past, you will go back to your locker again and to your prayer room again and say, no way, no way. I refuse that this pattern should continue. I refuse to marry a man like my father. I refuse to marry a man like my uncles. I refuse to marry a man that is cultural and traditional. I marry a man whose head is Christ. Do you see? And you are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.